This programme is brought to you by Training Tilt. Training Tilt is a complete toolkit for coaches, health and fitness professionals and nutritionists. Combine your website, e-commerce needs, client communications and training plans into a single affordable platform. For more information, please go to www.lisatamati.co.nz forward slash training tilt. Welcome to Pushing the Limits, the podcast that gets deep into the psyche of extraordinary achievers across all genres, cutting to the chase to unlock the secrets of their success, their achievement, philosophies, and motivations. Join us in the quest to find out what makes the movers and shakers of our world tick and what gems and wisdom we can learn from them. Well, hi everybody, it's Lisa Tamati here at Pushing the Limits and it's so cool to be back on air and have you here with us this week. If you're a first-time listener, it's great to have you with us. Thank you so much for joining us and if you've been here before, great to have you back. It's great to have some loyalty. Um, before we get underway, if um, if I could be so rude and ask you guys, if you love what we do here and what uh, the messages and the people that we have on, I'd really appreciate it if you'd subscribe on iTunes and Give us a good rating and review. Of course, a five-star would be fantastic, but whatever you feel like giving us, that would be really good. Um, you know, these shows, these podcasts, um, they're a labor of love, and uh, they, you know, the more exposure we get, the better. Um, so it really, really helps when the listeners actually take the time to do us a favor and, and hop on, especially onto iTunes. Um, they sort of make or break podcasts and um, give us a rating and review. So... Thank you very much in advance for doing that. Um, today I have a wonderful lady, an Australian lady from Melbourne, and she is an ultramarathon runner, but she's also a crazy, crazy triathlete, and she's going to tell you a little bit about her journey and her story and her transformation and where she's come from and where she's going to. Um, welcome to the show, Rose Bias. Oh, hi, Lisa. How are you today? I'm very, very good. Thanks, Rose. Yeah, I'm sitting in awesome. here in the pouring rain in New Plymouth, and <laughs> What's it like over there in Melbourne? Oh, you know what? Today's about a nice 22 sunny oh, day, nice, really? just cool, crisp weather. Yeah. Um, crikey, I'm staring <laughs> Sorry, at an absolute... making you jealous. <laughs> yeah, we're going to cyclone here. So... <laughs> <laughs> We've got floods and all sorts going on. So yeah. Oh, yeah, mate. Have you got but, the, you know, winter we're... woolies on? Yeah, almost. It's, it's been unbearably hot the last few days, but now it's... Um just turned to absolute custard but um anyway rose welcome to the show and please give us a little bit of a background on you know who you are where you grew up what sort of a, a kid you were and and um a little bit about your journey to where you are now sort of in a nutshell yeah yeah sure lisa i'll try not to put your listeners to sleep <laughs> I'm sure you won't. but um <laughs> just wake them up every now and again <laughs> um look i got into this extreme um sports triathlons um, and ultra running a few years ago, um, I had a, a little bit of a breakdown, a mental mm -hmm. health breakdown in 2011. And um, But before that, I was in the Australian Army for 12 years. And wow. so my background's always been physically fit, um, strong mentally and, and capable. Um, and unfortunately, um, some traumatic times presented to me and... Um, yeah, a little bit, bit of a breakdown, and um, it was just by accident. Well, I'm not sure if you can say by accident or not, but I found your book, Lisa, in a bookstore, 
And um, <laughs> that was actually the turning point. So at my darkest hour, I actually bought your Running Hot, which was your first book. Yeah. And um, I went, wow, this chick's awesome. And so, you know, I wake up the next day. I actually had a little bit of a, a stint in hospital because I, I was very, very ill. Yeah. And um, I woke up every morning from that day onwards and would go out for a run and, and I started with, you know, 35 minutes. The next day it would be 45 minutes. And for some reason I just pushed myself through running and um, I would spend the rest of the, the day just um, finding ways to improve myself mentally and physically and, and wow. um, trying to get myself out of the darkness yeah. of what my life was so yeah that you, was you, having having a background in the army I mean you would have had a lot of tools in your toolkit for for dealing with um mental you know like with trauma and with with hard times no doubt you'd already been through a, a fair yeah. amount in 12 years in the yeah. army I should imagine yeah that's a good way to put it yeah absolutely so my resilience was pretty strong um yeah. and my personality is pretty strong as well naturally um, you know, putting up with, um, you know, the army for so long yeah. um, <laughs> and some of the people yeah. in the army. But <laughs> um, however, I think what um, what people need to understand about mental health, that it happens to a variety of people and for different reasons mm -hmm. as well. It doesn't show weakness and it doesn't show that you don't have the tools in the tool kit um, mm -hmm. or it, it just means that, you know what, it's your body's way of saying, hey, time out, darling. You need to sit yeah. down and, and do some um, examining of, of what's going on in your life or yeah. give yourself some um, time out. And, so, and I think that's exactly what happened to me yeah. um, because for so long I'd been running on edge and dealing with my emotions the wrong way and mm -hmm. I think that's when the breakdown occurred. And it just all came crashing down in a, in a, in a heap. Yep. Oh, absolutely, and a big bloody heat too. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, we, we extreme athlete types tend to do things not by halves. We do, you know, oh, do things exactly properly, right. whatever, what yeah. end of the spectrum we're at. <laughs> Whether it's on the ground bowling or straight into ultra running, because oh, I was yeah. like, oh, <laughs> yeah, this is my home. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to talk to anyone. I just want to go out by myself. Yep. And, and, you know, next minute, and you would appreciate this, Lisa, oh, yeah. all of a sudden, like, you, you get such a, a great buzz just from doing something that you're absolutely fascinated with and you love and, and you you just want to keep going. And that's what I found. And it was just awesome. Yeah. And it is a very cathartic, um, you know, I've said this quite a few times on the on the podcast, that it's quite a cathartic process, this ultramarathoning or triathlon or whatever, this extreme endurance where you're pushing your body yeah. to, the, to the limits. It seems to have a, a, a soul-cleansing aspect to it. Um, and I, I know in, in my, you know, when I had my massive breakdown a fair few years ago now, um, I... I, I, by pushing, my, I don't know if I was punishing myself or if I was running away from. My, you know, people can analyse that all they like, and perhaps it was a part of that. But it was, it was for me such a cathartic process to actually push my body to the limits, and it gave me focus, and it gave me confidence, and it gave me strength, and it gave me something to pour all that anguish into, really. Um, and you know, when you're out in the wherever, in the middle of nowhere, and you've got miles to go, and you're miles from home. Um, 
you, you, you face a lot of your own demons out there. Um, you know, there's sort of no escaping it then, eh? And, and you work through things. Uh, and Absolutely. You come, out, come out the other side sort of a different, changed, stronger person usually, um, at least after a little bit of time and perspective. Um, so you, so you read Running Hot and you got, you got, did that give you sort of an insight as to like, to the actual sport for the first time? Oh, absolutely. So, um, I, I vaguely read a few articles about, you know, comrades or, mm-hmm. or, um, a couple ultra marathons, just vaguely through a running magazine subscription and, um, you know, before your book, I think the furthest I'd ran was 30Ks and that was the furthest. And I was very proud of myself yeah, for right, that run. Right. And, you know, you know, being a um, a non-runner but, but just physically fit person, you know, yep. that's, that's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. um, so, you know, from reading your book, I, I literally just fell in love with the whole concept of, my God, this chick has pushed herself not only beyond physically, but what a, what attracted me was the mental aspect of, mm. you know what, she's she's doing something that she loves and, and she's just pushed herself, pushed herself. And I thought, well, that's how I can, uh, I can tackle this depression exactly the same way that Lisa's mm. tackling her running and her life. And so it gave me that motivation to, as I said, the next day I went running for 35 minutes, the next day after that 45 minutes. Wow. And I, I pushed myself every day to to do something towards, you know, um, and I used physical change yeah. um, like uh, running to get healthy mentally and physically. So yeah. it was just amazing, yeah. Makes absolute sense to me. Because, <laughs> um, oh, yeah, it, uh, yeah it, it just takes you away from that. I mean... I know when I was in a very bad state of depression, uh, you, you, you're constantly spiralling downwards and it's only when you're in motion, I think, that your your thoughts are still, you, 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 when you're exhausted is when, you're, when your mind is actually still and satisfied for a little while. Um, yeah. And you've got a reprieve to get yourself stronger to go again. Um, and it can be, you know, uh, a wonderful a wonderful process to go through. So... You started then, you know, you went straight into it. I mean, obviously you were physically fit anyway. You weren't exactly, you know, coming from, from nowhere. But how long before you started to get into marathons or ultra marathons and that sort of thing? Yeah, so I I had my little stint in hospital with depression and I ran my first marathon two weeks later. Oh, yes. <laughs> what did the doctors say? They'll be like, you can't do that. <laughs> And it was like sub four and I went, oh, well, if I can do that. And I had no gels because I lost my pack with all my gels. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Straight out, sub four marathon in two weeks training. Must be really angry, man. (laughs) And I'm thinking, and I I remember I I just got given, um, this guy gave me some jelly beans and a gel Mm -hmm. and um, I I had some um, 
like orange drink or something at about the 30k mark and I thought oh yeah I'm doing all right I I didn't even have a watch on so I had no idea what my time was (laughs) my first go and I was like I I came in at 349 or 350 or something and I thought you know what if I can do that I'll do it again (laughs) I, I thought okay well this time I'll actually train for a marathon and then it was funny because the next event that I entered was Comrades, so it was a double marathon. <laughs> yeah, and straight to, I, straight to the double. Yeah, and I thought, this is see, this is my personality, Lisa. I don't do anything in high small no. doses. <laughs> you're going to have a breakdown, do it properly, and if you're going to get back up, do it, do <laughs> do it, it well. <laughs> love it. Um, and so I did Comrades, and I fell in love with. Um, just the whole aspect of ultra running, yeah. the people, the generosity of the spirit, the um, the whole idea that there was thousands of people surrounding me, but I didn't speak to a single soul, but I was the happiest that I had been for years. I was just, I was me. For once in my life, I, I genuinely had an internal love going on through that entire day of comrades. And so for me, you know, the best medicine is to repeat what works. So, you know what, if it works, keep yeah. keep and running. It just sounds yeah. so similar to my story, you know, like mm. that, that first, you know, after the Libyan desert, which I've talked about before, and then um, yeah. going and doing the marathon to Sables, um, what well, was a couple of years after, but, once I'd done that marathon to Sables and been and surrounded by these amazing people and all that, that was just, it, it was an epiphany, you know. Like I think, you know, you have these moments in life when you go, oh, that's it, that's me, I'm home. This is this is what I want to yeah. do. This is what I want to be, and it might not be forever, but it's it's in that moment, it's the new way forward, and oh, it becomes addictive almost. Say eh? like it's one after the other. Then, <laughs> yeah, it's. I think. And I've I've been around a lot of extreme athletes the last few years, and and likewise, you you'd know exactly where I'm coming from. This, it is an addiction in some yeah. way. Like either they've they've beat their demons of smoking or drugs or alcohol or or um, whatever their life path has been prior to extreme sport, yeah. and it's become this. It it is it's a healthy obsession. It's like. It's, yeah, if you've got an yeah. addictive personality and if you're sitting out there struggling with addictions in some way, shape, or form, whether it's, um, then this is, yeah, I think this is a replacement therapy <laughs> uh, in a way. You know, running running is an addiction. I mean, um, and it, but it's a positive addiction. Uh, it can, I mean, it can get to the, you know, I have seen a few cases where it's gone to the absolute other extreme where it's become absolutely detrimental to a person's health and they, they you know, they're pushing beyond what, their bodies are capable of and uh, I've done it to myself actually and yep. have pushed it and and paying and paying high price health wise now for some of the things that I did earlier but the actual you know but that's taking it like you know you're not that's not going to happen from doing a you know marathon or whatever this is really extreme pushing the absolute limits and I've stuffed up some kidney damage and um, yeah some other things but I, I still think it's a healthy obsession. 
Oh, 100%. It's yeah. better than sitting on the couch with some crisps. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> I would definitely be doing that otherwise, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, if you have that tendency towards, oh, you know, extremeness, then this is a way to cope with that, you know. Extreme chocolate binge. Extreme, extreme everything, yeah. You name it, I'll be into it extremely. So, yeah, that was, this was one way of managing all that. And that was, like, one of the reasons why originally I got into running at all, like, in my teenage years, was to control... Uh, my weight, you know, so that I could, I could still eat what I wanted to eat, or you know, within reason, and uh, not not turn into the size of my house, which it probably would have been otherwise, you know. <laughs> oh, I doubt it, Lisa. I doubt it. You would have been uh, probably the size of a granny flat, not a house. <laughs> <laughs> fairly, fairly large, no doubt. I mean, I am of mouldy blood, and we have a tendency towards uh, those sort of problems. So and I was heading that way. So um, you know. But so I'm grateful for that, and I think it also sets the, the tone, you know. That, and you would have found too, like being in the army, where it's a it's a it's a world of discipline and daily training and PT and all that sort of good stuff. That, yeah. that would have been a part of your regime anyway. Um, oh. You just channeled it into a more extreme form. Oh, absolutely. And you know what? And I, I'm really thankful for my my years in the army because it gave me self-discipline and that is the answer to yeah. to everything. It's, you know, I've got the discipline, even if I'm having a shit day at work, I can come home and go, right, okay, I'll walk my dog and next minute I'll be like, mm, now let's run. Yeah. Or, you know, I'll do something, even if I'm feeling a little bit off colour, you know, I haven't had the best you know, week or, or whatever, I'll still make it to the gym. I'll still make it to the pool. I'll still, and that's called self-discipline. So I'm very proud that I learnt that. Yeah, and I think that there's something that's very unpopular word these days. Nobody wants to hear the word discipline. Um, yeah. And I think um, that it's absolutely crucial. I mean, it's absolutely crucial when we're bringing up our kids. I don't think, you know, there's near enough usually. Um and because it teaches you to forego the, the current pleasures in order to have something that you're working towards in the future. Um, and just the very act of, of denying yourself or making yourself go out for a run or making yourself do something, you get stronger with that decision each time. Um, and discipline comes when, when you have a routine it's so much easier, you know, the more that you habitualize, the more that you create habits around your the discipline that you're trying to learn, the more likely, you know, you are to see it through to the end if it becomes a part of your actual identity of who you are, you know. Oh, 100%, you're accountable for that too. Yeah, yeah. You're accountable for that decision. That's, that's right, and I think that that's a really powerful. I think that's where the shift is between just making a or New Year's resolution and I'm going to oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that um, to actually shifting your whole identity. So I am now a runner. I am an athlete. I am, uh, you know, when I have when like um, like I have the identity that I'm an athlete, and it won't matter probably how old I am or how decrepit I am. Or how many injuries I have, or how what I will find a way to do something. Because oh, good that on is, you! You know that is a, that is a way that that my brain works. You know, so I'm an athlete, so I have to. You know, you think about your posture, you think about your health, you think about it's a, it's a way of life. It's a it's a a decision. You know, it's a complete part of your identity. And I think when you make that shift, so for those people out there who are like haven't made a shift to becoming I am this runner or I am this athlete or I am on this health kick and I'm gonna you know I'm gonna change my life. It's integrating that into your actual personality. 
you know, and having really deep conversations with yourself about why you're doing this and who you're doing it for and what the result is because you have to understand your motivations. I mean, like, you, you are heading now into something that, for me, is, is mind-blowing. Um, so tell us a little bit about the challenge that you've got coming up shortly. Yeah, thanks, Lisa. I, um, I've just entered a, a three-day Ironman. So it's coast-to-coast of Florida. So each day I'll be doing a full Ironman, which consists of the 3.8K swim, 180K bike and a 42K run. So I'll be doing that um, three days consecutively. And, um, That's mind-blowing. Um, yeah, it will be a little bit of fun, but a, little <laughs> a bit, bit challenging. <laughs> there might be some tears, I'm not sure, yeah, a few no swear doubt. words. <laughs> Why the hell am I doing this? I hope you've had a good conversation with yourself. Yeah. About Possibly what, yeah. there might be a little bit of um bit of chafing going on. I'm yeah. not sure. <laughs> yeah, there'll be a lot of all, everything, no, no doubt, because that is huge. That yeah, is huge. It it's is. a triple triple Ironman. So that's yeah. Uh, so every day you do a complete Ironman, and then and then you have a few hours, pretty pretty much off, and then you're straight back into it, starting yeah, all over again. Yeah. So basically, if I can aim to finish. In good time every day, that means I've got more recovery time, and yeah. basically my recovery will consist of, uh, you know, an hour's massage or forty-five minute massage. Eat whatever I can get my eyes on and my hands on, yeah. um, because food is vital for recovery, and yeah. especially if you've got to wake up and and you've done this before, you've had multi-day runs, and it's what you put into your body will make make or break the next day and um, especially if the sun's coming down on you and, and you you may be having a little bit of a, a twinge in your knee or your leg or something it, um, to keep your mind focused if you've got food in your belly you, you're fine yeah I think I think you know yeah. like the hardest thing with those multi-day and I have not done an I I haven't done a single Ironman because I don't know how to help bike I can't bike to save myself but um, <laughs> but I do know what it's like to you know like when you're going like non-stop 50 hours or non-stop for 300 k's or non-stop for 200 k's um uh, and the i remember a race that i did in germany it was a 338 kilometer race over five days so it was 70 odd k's a day uh, along a river and up in the mountains and stuff in germany and the man i underestimated i went out too fast for starters um but the amount of pain that I was in overnight, and yep. the, the, I just could not recover by the next morning. I remember by the, the day three, day four, and day five were just, be, you know, you just wanted to lie down and die pain. You oh, know, you it, poor thing. It was horrific. It took me three weeks to get off crutches. But, oh, jeez. And, and this, you know, like... It was like looking back. I remember saying to myself at, on those last days, "This is I'm never doing this again." This was, the, you know, famous last words because you signed then. up again. <laughs> I did a lot more since then, but that was horrific. Like you know, like uh, the shin splints. Um, I had shoes that were too tight as my feet swelled and, and things. But waking up in the morning and just going, "Oh my god," you know, I've got to do it again. So I know what you're in for. I know what you, when yeah. you wake up that second morning and your body is in absolute agony from from having done an Ironman the day before, <laughs> you've got to go, holy shit, I've got to go and do this again. And then on day three, you'll be like, you know, thinking, oh, what what the hell? How am I going to even get out of bed? 
you know. I know, and I've still got 180 k's on the bike, and oh. I've still got a 42 k run. And um, you know what? You know, I think what I'm doing between now and and that race is really preparing myself mentally yeah. to when I do visit those dark, dark times, dark places, um, yeah. and and it could be physical or it could be mentally, but I really want to prepare myself in the next few months, um, what I'm going to say to myself to get myself out of those uncomfortable moments. And that's, I think, um, for me, the the biggest test would be mentally. It's uh, the physical. We can all do it. We can walk for yep. five days if you want to. You, can, you see non-athletes walking miles barefoot. Yeah, to um, stuff, exactly right. And stuff. So yeah. you know what? Physically, anyone is able to do it. I think mentally, we've got to train our brain to do it. You have to have a really strong motivation, and like you say, that I think that mental preparation is three quarters of the battle. I mean, there, there is a huge aspect of, in training. Obviously, you can't just go mm. out and do a triple Ironman uh, tomorrow. You'll, you'll oh, I might pieces. wing it. <laughs> well, <laughs> hey, it wouldn't be the I'll, first one, but it's not I'll advisable. Wing the first marathon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah, I've, I've done some stuff in the past where you think, yeah, I was totally unprepared, but hey, I got through, the, I got through it somehow. Um, I think God gives you yeah. one token event, one token event, and then after that he's like, no, there's pain coming, sweetheart. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's go back to reality. But I think, yeah, if you've had that conversation with yourself about those deep, dark moments that you're going to. Uh, are you there, Rose? I think I lost you briefly there. Uh, are you, yeah. I'm here. I'm okay. here. Yep. We just lost the connection. Typical technology a little bit. Um, yeah, if you can just, if you can um, have that. I think, like, oh, there was a race I did in La Ultra uh, which was in the Himalayas, and I had the terrible build-up. I had brain concussion. I had um, uh, ripped ligaments on my left ankle, and I couldn't run in the build-up. Uh, and then, you know, I was doing the toughest race that I'd ever done at that stage. It had high, high altitude in the mountains of the Himalayas. And um, and it was all about mental preparation because that was all I could really do. And that was key. Um, and it doesn't mean that you're bulletproof. It doesn't mean that you're like, never have a, a doubting moment or a fearful thought. I mean, you're having those constantly, but you've also had that conversation where you know that you're, got, you're prepared to go through hell and high water to get there because you've sacrificed so much to be there. You've given so much time and energy and effort to get be there. You don't give up lightly, do you? No, you know? absolutely not. And I think um, a lot of people um, who I've spoken to, and I, I did a little bit of life coaching a few years ago, I think a lot of people are actually not scared of failure they're actually scared of success so if you shift their mindset around and go it's okay to be successful it's okay to to get yourself through the the dark mm -hmm. times and you know be a winner you you don't have to win the race you can no. just be a winner for yourself yep. and i think a lot of people are scared of that i i tell me i i'm definitely one of those people in the past i was definitely scared of achieving so yeah yeah and yeah i think we have all like limiting beliefs too that come often from our childhood or somewhere in the past mm. where where something went wrong maybe in the childhood or some experience you had and you think well i'm i'm not an athlete you know like i had um another inspirational woman on last week tash Sekulik, um ultra runner and 
she said, you know, she she always thought she was just a bookworm because that's what she was as a kid, and you were put into a category as a bookworm, so you couldn't be an athlete. And it was only as an adult when she decided, no hell, oh, who said I wasn't an athlete? You know, and she stopped that limiting belief that she then had been placed on her as a kid. You're a bookworm. You're not an athlete. You're not coordinated. You're not fit. You're not going to be able to do anything. And then went, nah, you know, I, 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 I am and I can and I will. Oh, good honour. Good honour. You know yeah. what? Yeah, good honour. I like that because, do you know what, it's it's up to you to get yourself out of the box that someone else put you in mm. and you don't have to keep yourself there. No, no, no way. Is, if people can re-examine their, their childhood especially, their, their childhood limitations that they place on themselves and the stories that they tell themselves about their past, yeah. um, you know, or I, I come from a family of, of X, Y, Z and I can't become this, you know, um, I come from poverty and I can't become rich, I can't, you know, all of these yeah. limiting beliefs that are even on a subconscious level um, that that are that are ingrained in us that we need to actually unpack as adults and going well, hang on, is this just something that someone said to me when I was ten years old, or is this a reality from the person I am now with the knowledge that I have and the knowledge that I can learn? You know, can I can I become something completely different? Um, and I think that's a really Absolutely. empowering thought. And you know what? Um, who cares if someone said something to you at, at 10 years of age? You know, chances are you'll never see them again. Yeah, but and, it's getting and, over that belief, you know. Oh, 100% because we, I think we've all felt that way. We've all had some sort of anxiety about, you know, a boss said that you're incompetent when you're 18. Mm. So you, you've taken that into your next job or you, you're, every time you interview for um, a new role, constantly thinking oh I'm incompetent but it's actually not true it was just one person's perspective and chances are they got it wrong yep exactly (laughs) completely wrong yeah maybe you were a child or you were a young person who hadn't got this stuff together it doesn't say you are now every day we get a chance to reinvent ourselves and who we are and and the stories we tell about ourselves um and I think that that's really powerful like like um you doing something like that that's beyond comprehension for most people now and people, you know, other other women out there listening might be going, oh, but, you know, that's just insane and I could never, ever get to that. You know, you did you feel like that when you first read Running Hot, for example, and you went, oh, my gosh, there's this world yeah. out there. Uh, how many steps did it take? You know, how many years did it take? How many breakdowns did it take to actually change your mindset and realise, hey, yeah. I can't. Oh, com- complete um, 360 of the personality and, um, you know, it took a lot of um, outside support and help for, uh, to, to help me reinvent myself. And But mm. ultimately, um, you know, every single person with a story, um, you know, it doesn't matter if it's depression or a divorce or or wherever they've come to, if they're sitting here listening to today's podcast, um, you've got the ability, you've got the strength. There is support out there and um, no matter what you think you can't do, well, I'm telling you, you can do it. You can do it. If you think you can only do 15 steps today, you can do 16 steps. You can do 17 tomorrow. You know, chances are what you – you're aiming for you can go five centimeters higher yeah um and 
and that's in all aspects of life. If you think that, um, you know, you can't save money for a new car, well, chances are you haven't been to the right um, budget app on your phone and, you know. There's tools and there's ways, isn't there? Yeah, correct, there is. And you just got to keep finding um, and you're searching and, and you might come across a, a fantastic dietitian or you might come across a great psychologist or you might come across a great life coach. These people are fantastic and they're professional and they want to help you. They want to get you out there. Yep. I think mentors and coaches, you know, it doesn't matter whether they are professional mentors or, or life coaches or whether they're just somebody who's skilled in the skill that you want to learn. Um, mm. We all need them constantly and in different areas of our lives. And mentors aren't just teaching you. They are actually just facilitating you on your journey and, and your way of improving and, your, you know, helping you get. So find people who are out there who are a couple of steps ahead of you and, mm. learn, and learn from them um, and, and sit at their feet and learn from them and have that, that – that humble nature in order to be able to do that. I think that that's really, really key. Um, Rose, um, oh, sorry, Rose, you carry on. Oh, I was just going to say, and it also works twofold for the people who have achieved success. Um, do yourself a favour and help another. It actually feels really good to mentor someone oh, else. Yeah. And you know what? When you do that, it solidifies so much for yourself. When yeah. You, when you yeah. find yourself in the act of teaching, even though you think, oh, I'm not an expert, I can't teach anything, yeah. chances are you know a whole lot more than someone who's you know a few steps behind you. And you don't yeah. have to be the expert. You don't have to be Charlene Flanagan to teach. Yeah. Running. You don't have to be Usain Bolt to teach sprinting no uh, you know you still have a value if you're a, if you're ahead of the person that that you're teaching and 100 bring, bring them along in that in their journey uh, i think that absolutely yeah we've we've all got a duty to pull someone up yeah and especially if we've been helped um along the way i think that's the, one of the greatest joys and one of the greatest learning things for yourself because man you solidify all that knowledge you go holy yeah. God, I do know a lot. yeah you know that's yeah. what's so cool about teaching um, and you actually get it deeper ingrained into your head and you start to understand it from a different perspective when you teach. Um, so don't be afraid to be the expert. Don't be afraid to be the one that says, yeah, I'll show you how to do that. Um, I might not be the, the 100% expert, but I'm a heck of a lot further along in the journey than you are. I can show you how to get to where I am at least, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think that's important in all aspects of life. Um, you know, and the the people who I met through ultra running, uh, they're, they're just some of the most beautiful souls and they have been the most helpful people as well. And so that's I've been extremely thankful. The mentoring that was just, it was so natural for them to mentor. Uh, it just came naturally. They would go, oh, you know what, uh, in, try this next time you race. Have some of this for your nutritional plan or, or try this and this is little tips and Oh, yeah, it was just fantastic, and I'm sure you Sorry, would have helped. Sorry, Rosie, there? Yeah, yeah I'm here, Lisa. Yeah, I've just been talking to myself. myself. Yeah, <laughs> carry on, because it's still been recording, but um, yeah, we had another little technical glitch there. Carry on. Sorry, Rose. Oh, no, that's all right. I was just saying about the um, the the natural mentoring that happens in ultra running, so it's a, it's a really simple but natural humble experience of ultra runners sharing their experiences with 
up and coming ultra runners, and it's yeah. just wonderful. Yeah, I hope it never changes. It's um, the dynamic has shifted a little bit. So, what sort of races have you done besides comrades? And you know, to get you to this point where you're about to tackle a, a triple Ironman. Um, yeah. What other events have you done? Yeah, so a lot, a lot of um, 100k runs. So that was kind of my favourite distance for a while. So after I did comrades a few times, um, I found 100k's was my my perfect distance because I got to know myself probably by about the 50k mark, and then I felt really comfortable in the second half of the race. Um, a lot of Ironman, so. Um, I on average I do about three to four Ironman races per year. That's a full Ironman. Last year I tackled Ultraman Australia. Um, unfortunately, I didn't finish, but I, I ended up in hospital, so that wasn't so good. But I'm still proud of my effort. I got to the, the start line. I trained for it. Trained for it for many months. Um, How far is the Ultraman Australia? Yeah, Ultraman's a 10k swim, um, followed by, it's over three days, so the 10k swim on the first day, 146k's on the bike on the first day, second day is 288 kilometres on the bike, and the third day is a double marathon, so it's an 84k run. That's insane too, and yeah, so you didn't make that one, but you know, how do you, I mean, you you were going to say, you know, you lose so much, you're proud of yourself for the discipline that you brought to the table to get yourself to the start line. Um, yeah, absolutely. Don't to plan, do they? I mean, when you're pushing this hard against the limits, um, you're, you're gonna you're gonna fail on occasion, or you know, I, I use that word fail. Um, it's not the right word, but you're, you're gonna have times where you don't hit your targets. Oh, 100%. And do you know what makes me stronger is. Um, that I came back and I allowed myself um, the uh, to explore what happened. And so I, I had some quiet time. I mentally explored what happened during the race. And I went, okay, um, it's not the end of the world because guess what? I'm going to go to bed tonight and I'll wake up tomorrow. So you know what? It's all good. It doesn't matter. Um, let's enter another race. And so I did. So I did Ironman a month later. <laughs> And so I went off to America and I went, um, typical me, I I needed to get back on the horse. So I went, okay, well, I've trained this far. Um, Shit happens and it really does, um, but it's not the end of the world. So I just, yeah, went over to California and I did a race over there. Yeah, so Um, the training at least that you'd built. Yeah, I didn't waste it, and I learned a huge amount about my personality from that. So it was initially so disappointing, and you know, a fair bit of um, you know in, internal anger because I didn't finish it. But then that goes away. Eventually, it does go away, and the disappointment's not going to last forever. Absolutely, yeah, it does. Yeah, and it, it's okay to cry and fall apart for the first, you know. I mean, oh gosh, you know, every time I've failed, you, you are down, you are depressed, you put so much into it. But it's a matter of like putting that in a perspective as quickly as possible, seeing the silver lining, finding the learnings, getting back on the horse. That's the, the, the process that you need to go through as quickly as possible. 
Oh, absolutely. And you know what? It You can look at it in a philosophical point of view. Sometimes you're just not meant to win things. And you, sometimes you just, you, you know, the lesson was actually from you not achieving that. It was actually from you learning it this way. And so I had to take that approach last year for Ultraman because that, that was my A race that I'd been training for for so bloody long. But you know what? I'm... I'm I'm okay with it now, so yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I look back at some of the failures at the time, I thought my world was going to end, um, and, you know, I was a bit embarrassed and, and all this crap, and you think back and you think, crikey, you know, you gave it everything, you left nothing oh. on the table, so what have you got to be embarrassed about, you know? Um, oh, you've got nothing whatsoever to be embarrassed about. I think you'd be more embarrassed if you didn't try. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you sat back and made an excuse not to enter, said, oh, no, I, I can't run that. Well, yeah, yeah perhaps you can't run it, but give it a go. Exactly. You, you'll, you'll, still, you'll get further than if you hadn't um, started off, you know, aiming so high. You know, people <laughs> are so terrified of failure that they don't start things, and that's, that's a shame because you miss out on all those learnings from that journey, that entire journey. Because really... It's not about the medal that you get at the end of the day. It's about what you learnt out there, what you learnt in the process, what you learnt from the training, how, in the in the fitness that you developed, and all all these other things. And that has nothing to do with the medal at the end or not, whether you actually got across the finish line or not. All of those things you have in your pocket, you've you've earned them, you've got them. And I think that resilience as well. I think the biggest tool that you come away from. And, and we mentioned this earlier, Lisa, the resilience, the, you know, you learn coping skills. So your running is probably taught you how to cope in other areas oh, of your life as well. It hasn't what? Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I teach now. That's, that's exactly what I, you know, I'm big on in mindset. And, um, it's not really for me about the running so much. It's all about what I learned out there and, and how I apply it in other areas of my life and, and what other people can take away from that learning. They don't have to go out and do the same thing. It can be a challenge in another direction. It could be an academic challenge or a career challenge, whatever it is that, that, that floats your boat, you know. Yeah. But it's pushing outside of your comfort zones and challenging yourself and not giving up when the obstacles come and being full of grit and determination. Um, those are the, the, the key golden lessons from what we do. Um, we, we've done a, a, an event together. Let's talk a little bit about that. You tell us about your experience doing it. Oh, that's right. We um, we went to Nepal in 2013 um, um, and you were um, going up to break the world's record of the highest run marathon. Yeah. How successful was that for me? <laughs> <laughs> well, do you know what? Um, but, you, you know, things happen. You you were quite ill. Um, so it was a horrendous, you know, it was high altitude, bit of sickness, um, you know, but it was a good trip, though, like, ultimately. Oh, yeah. It was good. Yeah, like, for me, it was a huge disappointment, as you can well imagine, because yeah. it was a, a whole year and a half of pre preparation, getting sponsors, getting film crews, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and that was so disappointing to get sick, get altitude sickness up, up um, on Kalapata that day. Yeah. Um, that's what really, you know, that that kicked my butt in, I have to say, for quite a while. You know, like, oh, I, I imagine like, it would have. Because, you know, it was like, oh, 
Because the opportunity cost was the thing that I hadn't reckoned with. I'd spent a year and a half focused on this one big goal um, and I'd sacrificed other things to get there and, and of course, time with family and everything else and money and all those, all that and your reputation and everything. And it was all just, you know, came down to six hours before actually going up there um, having, you know, a lung infection and, and altitude sickness and realising there was no way I could even tie my shoelaces, let alone go and run a marathon up up at those in those conditions too. It was extremely um, heavy snowfall that year and yeah. uh, extremely cold temperatures around the, oh, what did we have, a mountain, oh, minus 20 I remember up on Calabasas. Yeah, it was, it was disappointing that's for sure and I, I felt for you Lisa, I really did because oh, we all could see how how determined you were um, before the race and, and, you know, just the heart and soul that you put into it and the journey. As you said, the journey started, you know, 18 months before, well, probably even way before that as well because you had to you had to mentally picture it. Then you had to, as you said, go out and train. But it was the, um, the lead-up, which was, yeah, you had definitely, I felt for you. Yeah, thanks, love. It was really, it was uh, tough. And, you know, what I, I've done uh, three big events in the Himalayas, and two of them I've made, and one that one I didn't. Um, and I really did come away from the, the last one going, yeah, nah. I, 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 <laughs> Give it a miss. <laughs> okay, I, I got through by the skin of my teeth on that like, ultra one, and, that you know, I did really well. Despite a terrible build-up, then the second one around Manaslu, I sort of got through again by the skin of my teeth, and then that one I didn't. Um, and like I'm, I'm a, being an asthmatic and having a very small lung capacity, I just realised, yeah, I stick to my deserts. I think. Yeah, <laughs> where, I am. I like the heat. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, I wouldn't mind doing a desert race. So if you want to come and yeah. we'll, we'll do a multi-day race in the <laughs> desert one day if you want. <laughs> oh, at the moment I'm all I'm, I'm um, so tied up with looking after my mum and running yeah. the businesses and. Um, my kidneys are stuffed, so I've got yeah. to, well, they're not stuffed completely, thank God, but they're not in good shape, so I can't do what I used to do at the moment. Yeah. So How's your mum going anyway, Lisa? She's wonderful. She's just the biggest rock star, and I've shared her story on here a little bit. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know, she's trying to go for a license at the moment, and that's a massive task when you're 76 years old. Oh, absolutely. God bless her. Yeah, she just keeps going, though. She's just a, a super strong woman and woman. And I, you know, I look at her and I think, crikey, you've got guts, you know. You've just got guts and determination. And she just, with elegance and poise, which I do not possess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a, I'm a what happened? <laughs> I did not inherit that part of that dignity and poise and all that sort of stuff. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, I, it I skipped got, a generation. It did. I got the determination and the, the grits and all that sort of good stuff from her, but I did not get that poison elegance. And, you know. Oh, too funny. Yeah. All right, Rose. Hey, look, thank you so much for taking the time today. Uh, to My share pleasure. Story. Um, I, is there any sort of, like, parting words, if there's uh, some young girls or young women out there sitting out there listening or even guys who who are thinking about having a crack at something epic in their life, some big adventure or some run, running race yeah. or whatever it is. Um, oh, what absolutely, say? Lisa. You know what? 
all I can offer um, your listeners is just give it a go. Whatever you're thinking, please just do it for yourself and give it a go. It could be entering um, a 5K colour run or it could be your first half marathon or it could be the taste for something bigger and better and that's what um, – that's what happens, you know, you, you you tick one box and then all of a sudden you want to do another one. So your list gets longer and longer and longer and, and you've got a little yellow highlighter ticking off all your achievements. But just give it a go. Um, it doesn't matter if someone said to you that you're stupid and you can never learn at uni. Well, you can go back to uni. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if someone said that you're fat and you can't run. Well, they're not running with you around the block. So just go out and put your runners on and... Don't just do it. Damn, what other people think, basically, and just live your life because you've only got one shot at it. Absolutely, yeah, that's it. You've got your life, so you live it the way you want it. Yep. So, on your terms. I love that. Mm. Well, Matt, no, thank you very much, Rose, for being a part of the show today at Pushing Limits. I really appreciate you taking the time out from your very busy schedule when you've got a full <coughs> job and a triple Ironman to complete. Crikey. Yeah. We wish you all the best, and I'd love to, once, once uh, that's um, done, I'd love to have you back on and let's hear, hear your story again. <laughs> Absolutely, Lisa. Looking forward to it, and thanks for um, inviting me on your show today. That's been great. That's it for this episode of Pushing the Limits with your host, Lisa Tamati. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe and share all this goodness with your networks so we can impact more lives with positive insights and inspiring conversations. And check us out online at www.lisatamati.co.nz. That's it for this episode of Pushing the Limits with your host, Lisa Tamati. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe and share all this goodness with your networks so we can impact more lives with positive insights and inspiring conversations. And check us out online at www.lisatamati.co.nz.